This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Hi, guys. (laughs) Every week, huh? That's what we're going to (laughs) get. Absolute pleasure. All right. So, Joe, we have learned that you are going to get the pleasure of an all-NBA call with the commissioner tomorrow. What are you going to ask the commish? It's an open forum for all the players. Any questions? What do you want to know, Joe? Um, I really just want, like, the one simple yes or no, really, to what I think um, kind of the same as most other people. Um, just what the... Obviously, if we got a plan on it, um, I think for us and for... Obviously, I understand it from the fans' point of view and, and, and a lot of people who are employed and they're their job is obviously a part of of us playing games. Um, yeah, I just want to know if we're going to play or not. I think it would be nice to have that answer, if uh, yes or no, if we if we are or not. So I don't know that the commissioner can give you that specific answer. Well, who can? You, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that's the whole point. Can you take general guidelines as far as that goes? Would that be good enough? No, I want a yes or a no. Okay. I'm going to put him on the spot. I need a yes or a no right now, Mr. Adam. All right. It would be great if we can get it. I just don't know if he could. If he can, then that's awesome. No, I think it's, yeah. Uh, Obviously, there's going to be a lot of, uh, I think it's obviously a bit of an update or whatever that we're getting. And, um, yeah, it would just be be nice to, to know a bit of what's going on. Don't you feel like the answer is probably almost certainly yes, but he can't completely guarantee it? I mean, I, I, like I said before, I, to me, the longer this goes on, I see it the other way, or like the harder it is to get back. Because it's just, uh, I don't know, we're not, we're not just going back to our jobs, which is no disrespect to people who sit in an office or something like that, but we're not just going, I'm not going back to a desk job, or I'm not going back like, it takes so much time to prepare, and obviously, like they've spoken about, if we if we do go back, the um, the timing or whatever it is of fourteen uh, fourteen days of like quarantine, and like I think it was a twenty five day guideline more or less um, to to what we would have to do to prepare. Like that's still if we got to do that on top of. Like what we've already waited, it's a long time. Um, still, even even if he came out tomorrow and says we we are playing, we're still like six, maybe like I think minimum like six weeks from actually playing, which is a long time. 
Yeah, you know, you look at guys in the league, you've got literally 20-year-olds all the way up to guys in their upper 30s, and that's a big difference. And say, you know, like for you 10 years ago at 22, you probably could have been uh, ready quicker. How is this downtime affecting your training at 32, knowing that there's a possibility that you might come back? Yeah, I mean, obviously you prepare. I think everyone in their own situations will be preparing best for them and what they need to do. Obviously, everyone's different, like you said. I'm sure um, the younger guys are probably could just wake up and go and play a game tomorrow. Obviously, there's um, a few of us older guys that would need a little bit longer to, to, to prepare. But, um, yeah, I think everyone do... Um, what you know you need to do to be as ready as possible. We've talked about it before. I don't think no matter what we do in the gym or running on a treadmill, we're not going to be basketball ready. So that, that obviously that 25 days, 30 days timeline, um, if we do that, that is, is a, the reason why. So we can get back on court and, and get through the stuff that way. But um, I mean, regardless, I think we all love playing basketball and that's our job so everyone will be ready um, but you obviously want enough time to prepare yourself so nobody's not just your own team but the whole league isn't getting uh, players injured from, from having this bigger break So how much time do you need to get from where you are now physically to where you could play in a game and be feeling confident that you're not going to have a bunch of you know, soft muscle tissue injuries hamstrings, calves, whatever well, I wish I finished uh, more than high school um, to answer that question, but um, I don't honestly really know. I don't know what uh, what it takes. Um, obviously, we have a lot of professionals um, who have studied their whole life to, to give us that information, and um, uh, I think what they've said, like that, that the, the number that's been thrown around, is like that kind of twenty five ish, twenty five ish is uh, days. So it would be a week or two of individual stuff where you can just kind of get yourself going again with the ball and um, obviously on the court and then um, build into to probably two and like one on one, two and two, five and five, and then build it up until you're, you're kind of playing um, at, at a speed that we obviously would be game like um, and do that for as long as you can and, until um, we actually have to play a game. Is your mindset right now that it's the off season or it's just an outrageously long extended All Star break? I don't even. I've got. I think I've gone through every different like scenario of like, yeah, it's over. Then you have a, a glimpse of something and you think it might be coming back, and and you think you have a morning where you don't sleep as well. And you wake up and like, well, I don't really need to do anything because who knows if we're playing or not. And you have a day off and then you get back into it. And, I mean, even whatever, yesterday, I think it was, I think it was, or someone was tweeting about the facilities opening up and some some teams aren't even opening their facilities up. So there's teams that are on all different timelines for that. So it's not a specific, the Jazz, in, the jazz can open now so everyone else can. Like there's, there's teams that obviously are going to um, open up and I think we will and hopefully sooner rather than later. But... Um, I think it was Cuban or someone said they're still gathering enough information, so they're they're not even close to opening up yet. So 
if we were to open, say, tomorrow and the, the Dallas Mavericks don't for two weeks, then we're two weeks ahead of them as well, um, which I think in this scenario can make a big difference to, to someone's body. If I've got an extra two, three weeks of, of on-court basketball stuff under my belt than what someone from, from Dallas or another team does, it's, it's not a um, very fair comparison to, to when we get back out and start playing. I read that uh, the rates are so low, the rates of infection are so low in New Zealand and Australia that considering restarting tourism just kind of between those two countries, they're calling it this bubble. And I wondered because we're seeing about uh, they're playing we baseball. Just do that anyway. We don't want anyone else in our country anyway. Having, having been there once, I kind of get that, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I know you said it would be funny, but actually, I kind of get it. Uh, they're playing baseball in Taiwan and South Korea. They're getting ready to start playing soccer in Germany. Are they restarting any sports in Australia and New Zealand that you know of? Uh, they're talking about it. Um, I think same thing of, of obviously gathering a lot of information and, and making sure they're, they're doing everything possibly right to, to put the players and players' families in, in, in the best situation to obviously one to go and compete and do what they do for, for themselves and for their fans and um, and obviously the other side of it is the, the, um, the, 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 the economy of it the, the money the thing that it all brings in making sure you, I think before anyone does anything you've really got to make sure you, you've got all the best interest of the players and all that before thinking about the money involved in it and if you the risk of someone or someone's family or parents or grandparents getting sick and, and potentially getting it, then I, I don't see how it can how it can open. But um, yeah, there's talk there's talk about else obviously AFL for others is the biggest sport and they've talked about um, like going to a hub there and never everyone go to the same state and, and play a few games or whatever. Um, but yeah, they they are, they haven't opened yet but every morning I wait up and read the newspaper from back home and they're obviously always talking about it but I don't know how close it is to actually happening or not. So for all these years you've been in this league now, what, six, seven years, uh, usually when you're in the States you're a day or two from having to jump and hop on a plane and go somewhere and your life is always so hectic with the travel and games and practices and weights and everything else that you got going on. You don't have that now, and so you're settled in. Have you felt like you've become a Utahan right now in terms of you know, enjoying the beautiful weather and maybe exploring the mountains or whatever it is that you're doing? Well, I kind of consider myself one from day one. <laughs> I hope everyone else did, but I once we got here, we, we obviously um, – thought we obviously loved it here and we, we can kind of consider it a, a second home and um, as you all know we, we, we bought our house we've yeah it's whatever six years um, in now and, and it's the yeah I mean it's the first time we've been here without having to do a lot um, like we've talked about where we go down and me and Renee flip flop in the gym in the morning and then we have the day with the kids um, kind of from like lunchtime on until we just hang with the kids and um get outside we, we've taken the kids up um kind of like some little hikes outside um we, we've spent a lot of time outside which we haven't got to do um a lot in the last five or six years because we go back to winter in australia as well so the, the kids have absolutely been loving just being able to run around the backyard in shorts and a t-shirt instead of sweats and a jacket and a, and a hat on and, and everything um and same for, for renee and i just to be able to sit outside and um, enjoy the weather, which we've, like you said, we've never got to. I've always come over for summer league for a few days, but um, 
it's kind of I'm too jet lagged in the four or five days I'm here to even realise where I am, and then I go home anyway. So um, we were going to stay this summer and the next summer, regardless, and, and enjoy it for the next couple of years while we um, have the opportunity. And that, that obviously, Renee's not playing anymore. And um, yeah, we've we've really enjoyed it to, to get outside and I guess experience a bit more of Utah from what we hadn't seen from that side of it, but obviously within reason of um, not trying to go near too many people either. So trying to stick to the, the rules and stuff, but um, yeah, we're lucky where we live. With a, we've got a backyard and we can get outside and walk around. So. so it's not the same as retirement, but it's probably the closest thing you've seen to it. Do you think that you'll be good with retirement when that day comes? Because obviously some players struggle with it. I'll be good when the day comes. Um, um, regardless of if this had happened or not, I, I, I think as an athlete and for me, big, like being able to go through it with Renee recently um, and really go through it twice because the first time she retired, it was for the family and to, to have the kids together and have the kids over here with me and, and all that. Um, and I knew she didn't want to retire, but we kind of figured it was the best for, for the four of us to be together. And um, so I always had an inkling that she would go back and play. And, and obviously I wanted to, to want her to do that and support her doing that. And she went back and played. And, and that last season, um, last year, uh, when we were home, she, she didn't hate playing or going to practice, but she knew she was done. She knew mentally she was ready to move on career-wise and study, she studies, she's got a master's degree, she's, she's, she was ready to, to go to that next step. So um, I've seen it firsthand. So I think um, being able to see how you need, how you need to prepare, um, what, what you need to have. Like Renee would have never retired if she didn't have, obviously the kids, but obviously her master's degree and stuff like that to be able to do stuff outside of just being a mum and a, and a husband. So um, Renee's brain works way too much and um, she, she needs to keep it kind of active so she, she still does stuff um, now we'll run the board of a couple of different charities and there's a lot going on so she's um, she's still busy and I think that's the biggest thing with preparing for retirement and then going into it is making sure that you, you're not just sitting around I think you can enjoy that for a week or two but it, it gets pretty uh, pretty boring after a few weeks with this more far more downtime now, normally we'd be uh, eyeball deep in the playoffs. I've been trying to look at the draft a little bit more and get a feel for some of the players that are out there. There's this kid out of uh, Israel, uh, Avadia. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not pronouncing his name right. Uh, and he's like this 19-year-old, and they're comparing him to Doncic and all that. My thought for you is... We hear that you know you guys are the best, approximately 450 players in the world. I'm wondering, based on your experience playing around the world, how many more guys do you think are out there that could actually play in the league if they got in a good situation where they were developed like you did? It's funny. We well, I actually talk about this a lot because of the situation that I had and. Um, coming out at like whatever 27 and, and not really playing a huge role like playing in Europe but it's not like I was averaging 20 points and teams were desperate to have me over here and um, I think the hardest thing I think to the first part of your question I think there's a lot of players out there that could play there's probably players out there that are 
I have no doubt that are better than me that aren't playing in the NBA. Like I'm not that self-conscious to <laughs> to worry about um, my position. I know what I do, and I think every team and player and fans do now as well. But there's no doubt there's some more talented players, some more athletic players, maybe a better scorer or, or whatever than than me that's not playing in the NBA. But the biggest thing and what I think I've been able to do and to, to keep a job and to, to be consistent over here is, is know my role and be, be really good at it. And that's the hardest thing. You think about how many people come out of the draft and get given like the keys to a team. Like It, it doesn't happen very often. You have, you're like LeBron's. Even with Donovan. Donovan wasn't... That wasn't originally the plan with Donovan. We were going to have... We were going to have Gordon. We had Rodney Hood down. We had a lot of other guys and Donovan was going to be a piece of our team that obviously we thought was going to obviously turn into a big piece, but I don't think anyone believed it would happen that quickly. And um, so he didn't get drafted to, to take over the Jazz. He, he got drafted, obviously, to help us and, and kind of take us to another level. But um, the amount of players that you get drafted to actually like, LeBron, you're taking this franchise over. And that's that's very, very few guys. And if you're not one of those guys, which like for us, obviously it's like Donovan and Rudy, if you're not one of those guys, you have to fill a role and you have to be good at what you do. Like for us, Royce is an unsupported defender. He's turned into a 49, whatever percent three-point shooter. Like he knows what his role is, is to bet, defend the best guy and to knock down and shoot open threes. Um, I think for me, it was the same thing. Like come in and fill a role as a second ball hander, like be a pest on defense, get my teammates involved. Obviously, me shooting the shots took a little while to actually shoot, but I got there and now I shoot sometimes. Um, but if I wasn't happy with that, I, I'm not going to be, I can't come into a team and start shooting like 20 shots a game. Like that's not me and that's not the role that a team needs. And, and most NBA teams don't need that. Most NBA teams have their one or two main guys. And I think the hardest thing for, for high draft picks um, or guys in Europe that are playing in the best teams, Americans or foreigners, is to come in and you're not the guy anymore. Like, you might have been the guy in, well, what's that, AA, AAU or whatever it's called. Like, you might have been the guy there, you might have been the guy in your college team, but now you're not. You're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole again. And to accept that and to find a role, like it, it's hard sometimes, and I think it's hard for a lot of players, and that's why some guys don't survive over here and they end up going back to Europe and or whatever being the man on their European team because they they haven't been able to, to fill a role and if you can fill a role and be good at that role you can stay in the NBA for, for a long time So it's funny you bring up Donovan coming into the team we've had this discussion before about uh, what would have happened had Gordon stayed with the Jazz because obviously he would have had the ball in his hands. He would have gotten, you know, a certain number of shots per game. His role would have been unquestioned. And would that have slowed slowed Donovan's development or yours? And PK's more of the thought that it would have slowed Donovan's. I'm more of the thought that it would have slowed or even stopped yours because you'd have been happy with a lesser role. When Donovan shows these flashes, you'd be thinking, hey, he's a young guy, we got to get more out of him. I'm wondering if your career changed and your role, if you think your role really enlarged because Gordon did take off. Well, regardless, I was fine. So I didn't really care right. what they had. They had me regardless. But, um, no, I think 
I, I don't honestly I don't think for me it would have been a huge I, I think definitely a couple less, less shots a couple less possessions with the ball in my hand but I think Donovan's um, development would have been slowed down a little bit uh, he might not have been like an all-star this year he, I think he had he, he showed us all from his rookie year he had the potential to, to be an all-star and, and be kind of what he is for us now regardless but um I don't think it would have hurt our team or them, either of those guys individually as much as what maybe people would have thought because they're still, if you think about a lot of teams with, with Steph and Clay and like with those kind of two-man combos that a lot of teams have, they start the game together, but they spend they a lot of their other minutes are out there by themselves. So they, Donovan might have come off and Gordon would have stayed on with, with me and Rudy and whoever, and then Don, uh, Rudy, uh, sorry, Gordon would go off, and Donovan would come back on, and um, so I think they still would have both been really effective, and then obviously having them on the court together would have been unreal, and a couple of shooters around them, and whatever, whoever it would have been, Mike or Ricky or whoever at the time. Um, I think everyone, like you said, not just me, but everyone else would have sacrificed a little bit. I think we all would have been given up a shot or two or a possession or two with the ball. Um, but I don't think overall it would have um, hurt our team. I think it would have been a really good thing. And obviously, we have moved on and we're, um, we are who we are now. Um, I think Gordon leaving definitely gave me the ball more than, than what I was ever expecting. And um, But it wouldn't have, like you said, I mean, you guys know me, it wouldn't have bothered me if... I was taking less possessions and we were winning more games and, and playing deep in the finals and all that. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about what would have happened. I think, like I said, I think they both would have, like obviously Gordon was an all-star. Donovan um, still would have been who Donovan was. I think the, the thing about Donovan is people, and you guys know, and like Donovan's uh, <laughs> from his first year to now, he's, his passing and creating is, is is really good. His first year, probably not so much, and, and he would agree with that. Um, but he watches film and he learns, and having those two out there together, with, like I said, with some shooters around, I think it would have been would have been pretty dangerous. Yeah, I agree 100% as far as his creating and his shot selection, just the way he's moving, you know, because they've been putting these games on television from this season, even some from last year. And so I've been watching a little bit at night, and obviously we already yeah. know the outcome, so I haven't been focused on the outcome. But I'm watching just this week. I'm watching when you guys went into Boston. I think it was uh, – I don't. Yeah. It might have been last year, and then then they played yeah, the Clipper yeah. game down in Los Angeles, and I'm watching Mitchell, and he just looks so much better in year three than year one, which is natural. My thought for you is this guy's already a star. Uh, how much more development do you think he has to even raise his game up a notch or two? Well, let's not get it too above. He's not a star. He's just a little kid from Louisville. But, <laughs> okay, he might be, but he's a star in the um, league. <laughs> he's not a star to me. He's just a teammate that that shoots a lot. <laughs> no, he's, I mean, he's, he's obviously, so we, we, and the loss of Gordon sped that development up and we've all seen it firsthand and I like, and Donovan would get mad at me over this so it's not going to be a, a start of another trending uh, <laughs> feud between jazz players but um, he would have known coming in his first year at the time still having Gordon, like he was going to be like the second or third piece behind kind of Rudy and Gordon and um, maybe takes over Rudy or maybe he takes over Gordon or like who knows what would have panned out if we had all three of them 
Um, but for him, it sped up quicker, and it, 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 obviously he he took that upon himself. So he he didn't let the game come to him. He went went and took over his first year, and it forced us to end up starting him, and it forced him. To, to be the guy and we wanted him to have the ball a lot from uh, he was probably about halfway through that year we ended up like alright well last show it's, it's yours like you've earned it you've, you've showed you wanted it you um, and we were all really comfortable with that which which doesn't happen in a lot of teams too not a lot of teams are going to let a rookie who who wasn't the top five pick just come in and take over and um, his development's been unreal and like we said, part of that might be because of, of Gordon not being here. He's been forced to, to develop quicker. Um, obviously, he showed he's mature enough to, to handle that and take it on. And um, Yeah, I mean, he's been a huge part. He's, I've, I've seen, like you said, like watched a couple of quarters or clips from those games that have, have been played. And he, he's just he's such a different player. I thought he was really good his first year for, for coming out at whatever pick he was and, and doing what he did. Um, and I didn't know him at all in college. I, the first time I ever met him or saw him play was when I met him at the Jazz. So, um, his development's been unreal, and um, I do think he's got a lot, a lot more to, to, to not just work on, but to, to keep getting better at. I think um, he's showed as that like kind of backup point guard. His playmaking and creating, I think, I think that can get better. Um, I think his. His patience. Um, I, I always talk to him, and he always says it's unfair because I I use I play slow regardless. But there's always there's a bunch of times I'm like, dude, just slow down. Like, let them try and try and figure out how to stop you, and then counter it. Like, there's there's so many things that he'll get over time um, that'll just continue to make him better. I think this year defensively, he he really took it upon him to to stand up. You see the the best players in the league with Kawhi and LeBron. Um, Paul George and these like they defend their position as well as attacking down the other end. So I think he's took that upon him to to really be a better defender, and then he's taken pride in that. And I think um, I think overall his his overall game from from top to bottom will continue to keep progressing because he he wants it to. He, he's not um, comfortable where he is. He knows he's young and he knows he can get a lot better, um, which is a perfect guy that you want to be around and have your have your organization uh, have it your your organization Joe you got a podcast with yeah your, with it's your way wife? better than this show <laughs> <laughs> I do did he say it's way better than this show because yeah, that's surprised because <laughs> I'm not on it <laughs> that's why it's way better than this show <laughs> No, it's been a it's been a hit. Utah's absolutely loved it, and Australia has too. So we are we've got a couple a couple more episodes before um, kind of the first little um, season or first little part. We'll be we'll have a little break and we'll get back into it. But there's a couple really good ones coming up, and um, yeah, it's exciting. It's been really fun to talk to some really cool people. Um, I've probably got a couple personal favorite episodes myself, but um, we, we've had really good feedback from from every episode. And um, like you said, it's <laughs> it's really Renee's show, and me and Aaron are just like the sidekicks. Um, but it's been a, a lot of fun. Joe, as always, we appreciate it. Have fun on the call with the commissioner, and we'll expect a complete report in a week. Although you know, woes will have it in an hour. Yeah, I'll say you'll find out a lot, a lot sooner than you'll get it from me, but we can still talk about it. 
All right. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. DJ and PK, brought to you in part by Action Plumbing. Action Plumbing, heating and electrical, ready to help you out. They'll spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. I had another coach in the league call me yesterday, and and that's what he was kind of recommending, that the Big Ten kind of come out and say, hey, this needs to be consistent across the Big Ten. And I said, I just don't think that's going to work. It either needs to be national or not at all. But I just don't see how that's, that's going to work. So what happens if one conference has 8, 10, or 12 teams that can – go, because some of the conferences are 14, that would still only be a portion of the conference. Should the season progress, James Franklin, Penn State football coach, says if most of the teams in the league can go, then they need to go, and the others can figure it out later. So, will the NCAA get out of the way and let people play football games whenever? We've heard the possibility of a spring season. Could some teams or some conferences be playing in the spring while others are playing in the fall? Will the NCAA just say, whatever you got to do? Because all we've heard, PK, is the TV money is so huge. 80% of it is football money. And football is, depending on the schools, 60, 70, 80% of the budget. I mean, it's a huge pile of money. A lot of jobs are at stake here. It's going to be so crazy, my good friend, that you're going to see BYU play on a Sunday. You made Yuck laugh. He didn't see it coming. (laughs) Neither did I until about 20 seconds ago. (laughs) We're aware. Pulled that out of a random body part he did. Yes, he did. But it worked. Yep, my uh, my armpit. (laughs) Okay, we'll go with that. So will some schools be ready to play football in September, others not until October and November, and some want to hold on until spring? Can we see half of a, I don't know, ACC or Pac-12 or Mountain West or whoever playing in the fall and the other half in the spring based on what's going on on that campus in that state? Because yeah, just have the good half playing in the fall and the bad half playing in the spring. <laughs> Yak, you want to talk to him about soccer relegation now? <laughs> Yeah. About Everything that. has to come back to soccer with you. Yep, it does. So here's the deal, because you could say a majority of the schools, but let's be honest, these, these schools are not all created equal. Can six schools go if one of them is USC? Yes. Can eight schools go if USC and Oregon can't? I don't know about that. Here's the deal. It's going to be so weird that you're going to have the first half of a game in the fall and the second half of a game in the spring. <laughs> See you back here in March. It's 14-7. to 7. We'll pick it up then. I think finally I've heard a scenario that I'll say, no way, that's not happening. You don't know. <laughs> I think I do. I think I do know. I think we all know. 
It'll be the true home-and-home series. First half in Salt Lake, second half in Tucson. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably the big news of the day right there uh, was coming from James Franklin saying that, hey, the whole league doesn't necessarily need to go together. Uh, if two schools don't open, I can't see a conference, any conference, penalizing 75 or 85 percent of the schools because 25 percent of them can't go. And we all know New Jersey's been a hot spot, and Rutgers is not the Big Ten football team that everybody's hoping to see on TV. Yeah, I think this season, whatever form this definition of season takes, may be so crazy that you know. Obviously, I was just making fun. Hopefully, everybody figured that out. But I think that it could be even conceivably, that there aren't conferences this year. I mean, that's outrageous, but it's not completely out of the realm. They, what I mean by that is they don't play a conference season. They play games for the sake of playing games and trying to get back as much of the TV money that you possibly can, plus with the signage and all the stuff that goes into staging a home game without the traditional uh, 40, 50, 60,000, 70,000 fans in the stadium. So you're not getting everything, but you're getting something. You're getting a partial return. So maybe in that situation, we don't see a traditional conference season like we've seen for the last, uh, you know, 80 years or whatever it's been. Well, I wonder when it gets right down to it. I think early on, it's all very friendly. Collegial, I think, is the word they like, right? As everyone just tries to figure this out. But as you get down to, you know, hard and fast dates when when players have to be practicing and they, you know, they have to be coming together as a group and all that, that's when I think the, the discussions could really get tense. Televise those, maybe you can make up some of the TV money. No, we're kicking off Labor Day. No, we're kicking off Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I think they have to have the, you know, I, I go back to a famous saying, the flexibility within a structured system. Nice. <laughs> Your brother-in-law's classic. It's epic. Oh. I've told, landed him a job. I've told that to people, and there are people who have just looked at me like, like, how did you come up with that? That is brilliant. <laughs> I'm like, I, I didn't actually. I got it from PK. And the ones who listen to the show are like, how did PK come up with it? Like, he didn't either. He stole it from his brother-in-law. And they're like, oh, okay. It was his line. I sent you that thing about what a, an accomplished soccer coach he was down uh-huh. in Arizona. Yep. He, uh, and it's funny because one of the people I mentioned to works in a local school district here. And when it got back to that, it, it actually started with somebody who worked in school systems. They're like, oh, well, now it makes way more sense. <laughs> that's, yeah. actually, that's actually a perfect example for how school systems work. That's right. perfect. All right, uh, other news, other stuff we've uh, talked about during this show. Uh, Taiwan, where they are playing the Chinese Professional Baseball League, and what uh, Yak says are about 10,000-seat stadiums. The biggest would be about 10,000. So it's, it's a double-A college-type park. Yeah. A little, it's a little smaller than what we have here because you can put 15,000 in at a B's game. And they're mostly but mun- they put yeah. 3,000 on the berm. Correct. They're mostly municipal stadiums similar yeah, like to a triple-A or double-A park here yeah. locally. So they're going to let in 1,000 fans. About 10% of the, uh, the building will be full, presumably, you know, one said one family could sit at one end of the aisle and then the other could be down at the other and then space people out throughout the place. So maybe that's something we'll see as the NBA gets going. The NBA uh, to 
tomorrow, the 8th, is supposed to be the day they open uh, team practice facilities, but only the Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are opening up. The other 27 all have other protocols. In the case of Texas, they've got a directive uh, keeping them out of gyms until May 18th. That comes from Texas Governor Greg Abbott. So the Rockets had wanted to go, but now they're holding off for another, what, what is that, week and a half or so? Almost two weeks, not quite. So uh, we'll see as teams come back. And we just had Joe Ingles on saying, yeah, if the Jazz open up two weeks before the Dallas Mavericks, that would be an advantage if, they, uh, if they're going to end up meeting in the playoffs that happen pretty quickly. I think it depends on your definition of pretty quickly because how much time do we have for the others that don't open up until later? I mean, if it's four weeks and the other guy's six weeks, at some point it becomes negligible. Yeah, but if it's two and four, maybe that would be a bigger deal. Yeah, if it's a shorter duration, I can understand that. But I go back to what I say here. I think... In my mind, I know, and I know the the folks involved are doing it for the money. I get all that, but I think for the fans, you know, they're doing it for fans too to have competition, to have some form of normalcy. We're used to watching high level basketball in the month of June. It's just the way it is, right? And so, with that in mind, I think that if it's not quite all even Steven and everybody has the same fair advantage and it's not outrageous I think we'll roll with it a little bit more because I don't want to say that this year's whoever would win it would be tarnished because that's too strong it just wouldn't be real and you know it would be Phil Jackson said that with the Spurs that year was it 99 they would get an asterisk and that was the thought to be controversial well here it wouldn't be controversial because of a worldwide situation as opposed to owners and players squabbling over money. It, it, so, yeah, there would be an asterisk, but it would be understood. So it wouldn't be tarnished or tainted, but there would be an asterisk as it is as it basically every pro sport going forward. And maybe, well, maybe not the NFL, we'll have to see, but the ones that have their seasons in the spring and then got interrupted the nfl season as far as actual games and college has yet to be interrupted although practices and spring ball and otas and stuff that have been that has been interrupted we understand that so but i think that under the circumstances we'll be okay with it because we'll just be excited about them playing you know i wonder i wonder how big the asterisk will be and maybe that depends on who wins the thing because the 50 game season in 99 seemed like it was going to carry a big asterisk phil phil jackson was you know he he had the stage and he was pounding away and the spurs won one and when the lakers were three-peating you know he could say that but then their three-peat ended and the Spurs won again in 03, and then won again in 05 and 07. And pretty soon, Tim Duncan just has five titles. Nobody says he has four and an asterisk. You know, so it, who wins this? How do they win it? Who do they beat along the way? Maybe there's some things we need to know before we assume. I mean, I, I think this is probably bigger than the 50-game season, and that's certainly a pretty significant difference. Playing this without fans and without crowds, without home court advantage and without travel, that seems like a big deal. But if it's, I don't know, if it ends up being the third of the six championships Kawhi Leonard wins and he wins another one next year, people might just go, nah, 
he was the best player. He made the best team, whether he's in Toronto or L.A. Yeah. So I, I think it gets an asterisk. I assume it does, but maybe we got to play out, let it play out before we know for sure. Yeah, but if it gets, it's not a negative that would get an asterisk, though. I think that Phil's point was is a negative. I don't think this would be a negative. It'll just always be remembered as different. It'll be it'll the, the asterisk because it would be hopefully a once in a lifetime and everybody's lifetime situation. What year was the 66-game season? Who was the uh, champion that year? The NBA had another shortened season. Not as much, obviously. That one never gets discussed. I think that's a LeBron title. Well, and I think, too, you have to look at how many playoff games are they playing? Yeah. Are, they, do, are we still going to be required to win 16? Because that changes stuff, too. Yeah. Is it going to be 15? Is it going to be 14? You know, are they all going to end up being three of fives? What is this going to look like? Right. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. You ever think you could have been a competitive eater? No. Take the structure out of it. I could eat a half gallon ice cream right now. Okay, how quick? In uh, 20 minutes. That's one segment, Lloyd. Are we ready to do this on the air? Now? The thing is, it's just not my thing anymore. You just threw it out there that you could eat a half gallon ice cream in 20 minutes. Yeah, well, you could jump on a donkey naked and ride it. But But it's not your thing anymore. (laughs) Is it your thing? Do you want to do it? Okay, how many mozzarella sticks could you eat? In one sitting. In one sitting in 20 minutes. Probably 20. I've got a half gallon of ice cream in front of me, and Scotty's got 20 mozzarella sticks in front of him. Who finishes first? Do either one of us finish? And Lloyd's got a donkey. (laughs) Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for your feedback. Brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City. We can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Question of the day. Should football teams play this season? If not, all members of the conference can play. And uh, <laughs> Hope Diggity says canceling football would be the unforgivable sin. Think outer darkness. Well, yeah, unless it absolutely has to be, yeah. I guess there's obviously some situations where that could be possible. Uh, but I don't even want to think about that right now, to be honest. It's, it's just – it sucks. Alex says some football is better than no football. I believe we For have sure. both signed off on that this morning. Uh, we got yeah. – uh, Andy says just play. This entire thing has been way overhyped. Doesn't seem well, like it depends the people, on who you are. I yeah, guess. I was going to say it doesn't. It doesn't seem like the uh, the mayors and uh, a lot of the governors think that. I mean, the governor of Texas has been pretty aggressive about opening things up, but at the same time, he's the reason that the Houston Rockets aren't playing. So even someone who's pretty aggressive uh, about opening things up can sometimes say, "Hey, hold on here." And if twelve basketball yeah, players yeah, yeah, can't go in a gym. Uh, how do you get uh, 53 NFL players or 85 or 105 college football players with walk-ons out if you're not letting 12 or 15 basketball players get started? I don't know. Uh, I think you don't. I think you do. Doug says, treat these games like they were canceled during hurricane season. So, 
Just ad lib as you go, Doug says. What? We were, we were talking natural disasters, right? They ad libbed the World Series when they had to because of, oh, a, okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. of an earthquake. I I, I, okay, all right. Uh, didn't UCLA yeah, and Miami yeah, yeah. one year, they were supposed to play an opener and they made it the season finale instead because of a hurricane? That's happened multiple times. Right. Yeah, move them around. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think they had some conference games in that season that were messed up. It was my, my nephew was a big uh, um, Arizona fan one year and it looked like they were going to go to the Rose Bowl and so he emailed me on uh, 11-29-1998 with under the headline of Cats Rule and I've got it right in my hand and he because it looked like it and then they 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 lost out Uh, something happened I forget that they had to win or UCLA had to win something happened and so he sent me this email and I'll read it to you it says Rose Bowl 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 we're going baby I was at the game on Friday it was great you can finally get off my back about U of A never making it to the Rose Bowl after UCLA wins well, they lost. Well, <laughs> and I saved that email. I have it right in my hand. That's hard to believe that you would save that and beat him over the head with it. Thank I... goodness it's just paper. <laughs> I'm holding it in my left hand right now. Is it it's framed? a little tattered, but it's still readable. And your Arizona Wildcats have never played January one, filling the given year in Pasadena. Yeah, I think if UCLA beat Miami, they were going to the BCS title game. And Arizona was yeah. going to the Rose Bowl. Oops! And the game was rescheduled because of that hurricane, and it didn't happen. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I got to save that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Scotty and Hans are coming up next. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.